0: My name is Nicholas Nicario, and you're listening to Microphones of Madness. Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, over there's Steve. Yeah. Once again, on the verge of death. Oh yeah, I'm an old man. Yeah, hopefully everybody had a nice Halloween, since this will be coming out a week afterwards. We are looking at Edge of Sundown, edited by Kevin Ross and Brian M. Sammons. The M stands for... Mm. I heard they got a kick out of that last
1: time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, published by Chaosium. I know that was your joke originally. Oh, that's true. We're down to the wire, the last five stories. Yeah. What'd you think of the roundout? Fairly strong. I
1: had an issue with one of the stories, but uh, we'll get into that.
0: There was one that was a bit of a surprise. It turned out to be a really fucking excellent story, I thought. Let's just jump right into it. The first one is Son of the Wild Moon by Michael G. Scheidmanski. There you go, Scheismanski. Thank you. This is a werewolf story.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It, it doesn't even like try and hide the fact that it's a wolf story. I mean, it's pretty much in the title. Right. It actually is a nice transition from where we were before with these twists. Hmm. Now we're kind of in a section of, uh, you know, hunting. Like all, all the, the last five stories are all. Stories of, uh, they open up with somebody hunting for something. Desert, going across the desert.
0: Yeah. Searching. This is the story of a group of untrustworthy rogues and reprobates all crammed together in this this military unit and this disgraced officer stuck in charge of them. Yeah,
1: this is the dirty dozen... The yeah, I believe G as, troop uh,
0: or something like that was what it was these called. These guys aren't as lovable as the dirty dozen. No, these guys are these guys are just straight up scum and villainy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they they, they don't redeem themselves, they aren't redeemed. They're probably well, everybody's somewhat redeemable. And they kind of kind of redeem themselves. And to but an om- extent. Only because they're forced to.
0: Basically, they're sent out to this this remote area of homesteaders because they believe a band of raiders is attacking these farms, savagely burning every savagely attacking killing all the residents, burning everything to the ground um, not even bothering to steal the livestock, just killing the livestock, just killing the livestock, oh, right. killing yeah. It's senseless crimes. They're they're not really sure what's going on, and the the band of rogues is sent in to do it because they're essentially expendable.
1: Yeah, and they're good for nothing else. And, and they're,
0: they're gets them out of else. the way. Gets them out of the way. Maybe they'll get them killed. Either way, win win for us. Either they'll kill all the raiders, or they'll all get killed. Either right. way, we're we're okay. Yes, and it turns out that it is not a band of raiders. It is a supernatural creature, shapeshifter, essentially a werewolf.
1: Right. Their scout determines this, and he is he's half half a uh, Native American. Right. And he remembers stories from you know growing up over the right. walkers and he basically tells them they're fucked. That <laughs> there's, right. There's uh, absolutely nothing we can do about this.
0: Mm -hmm. but it's their job. So they're going to go and do it anyway. Right. And this is a fairly sizable military force.
1: Yeah. Even though they are
0: undisciplined rogues, there's a lot of them.
1: Yeah. This is a a true. So, I mean, this is where you go when the union doesn't want to outright get rid of you because they need you, but uh, you don't fit into this man's army.
0: Right. The werewolf, of course, in, in classic monster fashion is, is not a sympathetic character. No, the werewolf's pure evil. Yep. Nigh Um, indestructible.
1: Nigh indestructible, and just its motivations are it is marking its territory and wants everything that is not it out of its territory.
0: Our heroes essentially the guide and... The troop commander. Right.
1: It's the guide and and Sergeant Joshua Dark.
0: They figure out the next spot to hit. They do spend a lot of time going from site to site. They're always too late. And finally, they get a clue, and they make it to the homestead minutes before the werewolf attack.
1: Right. Well, They kind of, like, figure out that it's following a pattern, and its Mm. pattern's going to lead them there. And the scout basically says, look, tonight's the last night of the full moon. It's got to do it tonight or it's not going to do it for another month. It's going to hit there. So we have to get there. And so they do. But the homesteaders are not quite surprised to find out that there is yeah. a werewolf. They pretty much know what's going on and they all but resigned themselves to death.
0: Then the werewolf comes. They give it their all, but they realize this isn't working.
1: No, because really there's nothing you can do. And this isn't some weird rules werewolf that, you know, they made it up as they went along. This is your pretty much straight out of Lon Chaney Jr. movie, mm-hmm. werewolf silver. That's it. No silver, no go.
0: And they find their silver in the source of a cross worn That's by much, the oldest daughter. I don't
1: know how big of a fan of werewolf movies you are, but I've seen a few. And uh, it, it, it's always the cross. <laughs> they always make the melt the the crucifix down.
0: Well, if I remember correctly, the original... Wolfman with Lon Chaney Jr. It was the uh, silver-handled cane.
1: Yeah, it was a cane. At that, I don't think at that point in, in pop culture
0: we as a nation
1: were so obsessed with our religion that, that we had to tie it in with
0: everything. That's just an aside. Well, you know, it kind of it became kind of more like the Middle Ages again where it was not only is it silver, it's a holy artifact right you know, the power of Christ. Type it, of thing. It, it, Although, in this particular story, the cross itself had absolutely no power.
1: Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that it's a little bit of a... I won't say cliche. It's like a nod to that mm. kind of tradition.
0: But in <laughs> turn, even those silver bullets really weren't... No, the, the silver
1: bullets kind of like set it up for the run. They got two bullets out of the deal. I don't want to ruin it. Once you get to the ending, it is clever. It's a little bit of a pull out
0: of your hat kind of thing it's it's foreshadowed
1: yeah but it's clever it works really well it m- makes for a really exciting climax to this story and like like we were talking before we went on the air a good third of the story is the final battle you get this the setup and you get a lot of tension being built
0: and even even in that last third of the battle sequence was a constant carnage there were lulls where where everybody got to kind of regroup a little bit, and it was smaller number, smaller number, smaller number. Yeah, it was and attrition had, by werewolf. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and and there were some really really clever gore scenes in there too. I mean, what's a werewolf story without some gore, right? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> and there was like there's this one scene where this guy um, gets pushed out of a barn and like saves himself by clutching onto the rope. That's dangling out of the upper window of the barn. Before you can like do anything about it, the werewolf just grabs the rope and rips it up through the pulley, and his hands end up getting caught in the pulley. And then, then it's like off camera, and then the body gets ejected, and there's the rope, and then there's a rope of intestines. That like kind of
0: like and his hands curls, are still stuck in the curls up
1: as he, as he hits the ground and his guts flop on top of him. Really nasty stuff. Really
0: cool. Very, very uh, different from a lot of the other stuff that went on in the rest of the book, where the gore was kind of secondary. This one was like the gore was right up front in your face.
1: Yeah, I mean, but you got to have that with a werewolf. Because, I mean, that's what they are. They're like fucking juggernauts of death.
0: An exciting opening to this section. Yeah. The next one on the list is Drake Takes a Hand by Pete Rollick. Good old now, Pete. Good old Pete Rollick. Now, this one is doesn't appear to be connected to anything else going on in the mythos at all. This one seems a standalone story, which is it, you know, it, always a treat from, from the master of the timeline, the master it, of now, continuity.
1: It's funny that it is the only like straight up mythos story that's in this book because I mean, it is a straight up mythos tale. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's not, there's no Peasleys. there's no West's, or or um, any of those guys.
0: That right. Pete likes to fuck with. Right. Is, this is an out of continuity tale. Now, what we have with this is uh, it's also got kind of Twilight Zone or Tales from the Crypt kind of vibe to it, as we have a poker player. Yeah, searching me. Yeah, the comes comes game. into a town. I'm looking for a saloon with no customers, poker in the back. They say the dealer's the devil himself. Yeah.
1: Nope. You're at the wrong place, Bub.
0: The guy goes in, he eventually finds out that no, he has the right place. But it's not the right place.
1: It's not not for right. what Any he wants stuff. to do. This is not this is not the poker game you're looking for. Right. First off, I, they're not playing
0: poker. Right. They're playing like they're, they're, play, not, let's they're see, playing let's see. They're playing Crazy Eight.
1: They're playing Crazy
0: Eight or or Uno. I, I wrote down that it was they're the strangest game eight. of Uno ever. Yeah,
1: it's the same game. Hmm. Crazy Eights and Uno are the exact same game. Just Uno no. has Uno cards, Crazy a regular deck. Right. <laughs> but it, it they're kind of playing Crazy Eights with like some Mythos infused tarot deck, really. Mm-hmm yes Um, you have like the the suits are all weird um instead of you know the regular spades hearts blah 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 they have
0: like tentacles yeah sign
1: signs but yeah
0: yeah so that's always that's always interesting it was and the the face cards are all mythos you know right and and you better cover them up quickly
1: that's right, because there's a little Jumanji action going on with these face cards,
0: right? That is, when you play them, if if you sit there long enough, you end up having a vision of the entity that's on the face card.
1: Yeah. And so the, the the guys that are trying that are playing this game, they're all alien beings, mm-hmm. and the dealer is a, is an elder thing. Yeah, they're not playing to win. No, because this card game is connected with the uh, health, the sanity, the um, the glue of the
0: universe. Right. This is the high. It's the highest stakes game possible. Yeah. And this guy, guy comes in. Loses. Right. This guy comes in. He's looking over the room and he's like, there's mirrors everywhere. Everyone's cheating and he goes in and he you know he figures out how to bypass everybody cheating he figures out how to win he figures out the rules of the game he figures out
1: how to like the ultimate strategy of uno that everyone uses right right the wild card hold which is cheating in uno i think but yeah hold on to a wild card i think in Uno, you have if you have a card that you can play you have to play it right yeah, but he holds, you know, but everyone's cheating, even if um, you
0: know, it's cheating. Right. I think he's he's figured that part out that he could cheat by yeah. holding a card yeah. that he should have played. Because I think Pete even goes through and, and mentions that it's there's a card that he that he should have played then or something like that. Yeah. But uh yeah, so the guy wins and everything ends. Yes.
1: Yeah. Crazy Eight to save the universe and the one fucking human fucks it up.
0: Because he doesn't understand. This game's not for you. Yeah, I mean, Because he, was, he doesn't understand what's involved. He
1: was told to back
0: off several times. Right.
1: And it might be just because, you know, it might be Pete's way of saying that people are, are ultimately in in it for themselves and unable to uh, do something as altruistic as play to, to tie play to lose, a game of cards.
0: Right. Be careful of your own desire to win. Is that... uh...
1: Well, I mean, a good example of that in our own personal lives is whenever we play um, Slasher Flick. Right. (laughs) Because your instinct is to play it to survive. Right. Rather than playing to die.
0: (laughs) But But in the game, you're supposed to play to die
1: which is very difficult
0: to do. Well, you're supposed to play, you're you're supposed to do both. You're playing to right. you're playing to live and you're playing to die. Right. Well, you know, yeah, eventually,
1: you know, somebody has to survive so that it so you create a winnable situation. But generally you're playing to to die. Yeah.
0: So. Right. It's hard to do. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it was a, that was a very uh, interesting and refreshing tale, very different because it, it takes you know a lot of this stu- a lot of the stories we've read so far involved gunfights and cowboys, oh, and stuff
1: yeah. That. And this exactly. one was
0: just straight up, you know, the the classic western trope of the poker game, um, or and 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 really kind of in in, in some a, a twist on the poker game with the devil. Yeah,
1: well, even, even like even like with this, you know, you expect like the poker game to end with the cheater um, on the run mm. with a posse chasing after him, or a, a straight-up gunfight in the saloon.
0: Right. Thematically, but, um, this one would go, this one pairs up very well with the two of guns. Yeah. You know, and you could read those two stories back-to-back, back, and it's just like a That really a really cool, like weird West kind of vibe that the Weird West is not just monsters out in the desert. It's not just things like that. There's all sorts of little odds and ends that make the West weird.
1: It kind of reminds me of how I pictured Deadlands. I've never played Deadlands, but it's how I picture it would be.
0: That is that is kind of the way in in Deadlands, uh, hucksters, the magic using class. Um, they actually play a psychic game of poker with dark powers in order to manifest spells,
1: yeah. See, that's more how I, I imagine like that to be, as opposed to Down, Dark, and Trails, which
0: is you know, Call Cthulhu in, in the desert, right? Um, which is a Savage Lands game, I believe, isn't that? They put that, in- yeah, I think
1: it is. I think uh, Deadlands is Savage, savage Worlds, savage. savage, yeah, Savage something.
0: Savage. Yeah. Um <laughs> Now, yeah, this one this was a great story. I I really enjoyed it. Um oh, uh Deadlands, since you mentioned Deadlands, The Grimoire of the Deadlands World is Edmund mm-hmm. Hoyle, I believe it's Edmund Hoyle. Hoyle's Book of Games. That's funny. And that <laughs> and you can in the rules of various card games are actually codes for different spells.
1: Oh, that's kind of cool.
0: And it gets even better. The older edition of the book you get, the more spells you can figure out. Because editing and new games and stuff like that water it down. So all, all the right. hucksters all the hucksters are trying to go back and try to get first editions of Wells <laughs> Book of Games is like the prize. That's. I, and, I wonder if that like kind of makes
1: fun of the whole Call of the Fulu. Uh,
0: it, it might. It might. Uh, you know, of course, of course, the ultimate prize is Hoyle's original manuscript. Right. But. but what yeah,
1: kind of uh, bag keeper would have that in his game?
0: Well, <laughs> every spell of this book contains every spell in the game. Um. Yeah, but that's that's a little bit of a diversion, but yeah, I mean, it did have that kind of deadlands kind of feel to it. Um, and yeah, it was just a great piece. that's so much different and it was very refreshing after Son of the wild moon. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Son of the mild, wild moon was just like a big slugfest.
0: Right. And it was very, you know, graphic and intense and, and, and stuff like this. And this game was this, this story was more subdued and it was more, it was. more cerebral.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, The next up on the list is uh, Sam Stone's "The Puppet Master."
1: Yeah, the last time we read something by Sam Stone was Pillowfort Town, (laughs) right? Where uh, she wrote she wrote one of the most disturbing stories
0: in Return of the Old Ones. Was that the one with the subway scene? Yeah, uh, yeah nice. where, where
1: it, it was the one where the um the hybrid old one creatures would hire um hookers and then mm-hmm. proceed to rape them.
0: Right. And this was like normal because they needed food and shit for their colonies. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember that one was whew. Yeah, that so it was intense.
1: Yeah. So I that was like in the back of my mind while I was reading this. And uh Sam Stone knows how to like creep people out.
0: Yeah, I mean... and
1: really fucking good at it.
0: And people are already creeped out by marionettes. You know, porcelain dolls, marionettes, anything like that. Yeah. Marionettes especially because they move. Right. And Sam takes that up to the next level and and gives us life-sized marionettes. Yeah, so you have a, a guy
1: mario yeah who's uh searching through the desert (laughs) it really is
0: he says he's a day's ride from new orleans
1: right okay but he's like in in the the yeah this is a little bit more of the uh the the south as opposed to the west yeah but i guess new orleans was like a, a you know a frontier to the west
0: yeah, um, you know, it was it's on the banks of the Mississippi, so it's kind of like that New Orleans and then St. Louis and that sort of thing. St. Louis is really the gateway to the west. But New Orleans was this huge city. It was at, it's at the base of the Mississippi. You've got the Caribbean coming in. And you know, it was a big port back in the day. Still still is a pretty important port. Right. Um, you know, and I'm thinking a day's ride was either, I don't remember if, if I'm Sam sure. made a direction, but you know, a day's ride, I would put it probably somewhere south central Louisiana or possibly, you know, somewhere uh, a in Mississippi, ride,
1: New Orleans, was a day, maybe a day's ride
0: east, day's ride east. Okay then it's like Central Louisiana or South Central Louisiana like Lafayette area somewhere like that. All right. So you think days rides like 40 miles? Oh, uh, well if it's
1: 40 miles it could be I'm just I'm really I'm just going by like D&D.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to re- trying to remember my geography from back home and you know I grew up in the era of cars. You had one job, Robbie. You know, either way, <laughs> you know, it could be, it could be like Laplace or, you know, any of those little, you know, there's a bunch of like little tiny towns out there. Yeah.
1: That, but that's the point. It's like that's tiny, point.
0: right? It's yeah. like tiny rural Louisiana. hmm. So. He's 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 riding out into this town. He's looking for his wife. Um, and, you know, apparently she's done something awful.
1: Yeah. And the way she sets it up is he's looking and, uh, you just, you just get a name. You don't know the relationship. You just get this mm. name. Right. And, uh, he goes to the saloon. It's the middle of the day and no one's around. And he's kind of like, why is no one around? And he goes to the saloon and it's empty, which is fine. <clears throat> but then he starts, uh, he goes upstairs and starts checking the rooms and every room has this tableau of, uh, you know, it's different scenes, but it's basically a human and a puppet in the middle of, of doing it, and uh, the human is being sucked dry
0: mm-hmm. of all their all their life and energy. All their all their life force is being removed slowly, like vampiric puppets. Yeah, they're like husks, mm-hmm. and they disintegrate into dust when you touch them. Right. And and
1: he he is very familiar with this.
0: It's, not, it's yep, this is This isn't the first time he's seen this. Right. And yeah, so he he's hunting around. The sheriff sees a stranger come into town and goes out to investigate and he's like, Boy, you better get out of here.
1: Yeah, bad shit's happening in this town.
0: Yeah, wait till Sunday. Don't you want to get out before sundown. Like right. a when the saloon opens. Yes, yeah. So, yeah oh, you really can't. You, can, you This one is not something you want to spoil. Yeah, it,
1: it's it's just super creepy because, like you said, you got the marionettes, mm-hmm. uh, and then you get a backstory, and the backstory is one of those things where everything. It's it's. He's an apprentice puppeteer who's in love with his uh, his you know masters. Uh, granddaughter, right. and he, the master teaches him everything he knows except for the one thing. And then uh, on his on his deathbed, the master's like, "You're ready for the Take one over. thing. Here's the box. Guarding you with your life. Become a true master. He dies. They get
0: married, and then uh, shit happens. Right, right. He becomes the best puppeteer. He becomes the best
1: puppeteer, and then people. Get ideas about his puppets.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think the guy wants to use his puppets as a sex robot. Hmm. Uh, because he's that good of a puppeteer, That's right? The puppets come to life, and um, yeah. ends up like you know raping his wife. And right. Can't do anything about it, so she she uh, takes the mysterious box and leaves. For her vengeance, right? For her revenge, and enter the story. And right. now we're we're in the middle of that. So you get that that really cool like explanation flashback thing. Mm-hmm. And all all the while, you 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 know, uh, Stone she 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 does a little bit of misdirection in motivation, right? Um, because the, the all while all the while. Uh, Mario is sitting there going, "Well, we just gotta, you know, we gotta get it. This is horrible. I can't believe the evil things that she does. Blah blah blah. We're gonna stop her. Blah blah blah." Right. And uh, the end result is not quite um, what you would think it would be mm-hmm. using the information you were given. Right. Every sleight of hand and it makes perfect sense in story because you know she leaves out a little, a little detail, and that's fine because it, right. it, it, it's. Makes for a good story,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's creepy as all hell.
0: And it has—it's very much a a twisted fairy tale kind of vibe. Yeah, exactly.
1: There's definitely that, and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> Sinister laughter.
0: <laughs> happily ever after. Spider webs, <laughs> right? Um. Yeah, so that one that one was a great story as well. Next up we have uh Uncle Gunny Sack by C.L. Werner or Werner. Probably Werner. Yeah. So this is the story <laughs> of a bounty hunter who's on the trail of a voodoo man.
1: Yeah. The badass tank juggernaut of a voodoo man. Oh yes. Yes. Um
0: Yeah, and and you said this one you found to be a little bit problematic.
1: Yeah, I had some issues with the story. Um, I thought that it used a lot of um, stereotypes to build its characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And they weren't very flattering stereotypes. So, for example, Uncle Gunny Sack himself was this huge, um, like, monstrous man practice practiced voodoo spoken broken English mm-hmm. um, and was just evil. All just thoroughly evil all the way. evil. Right.
0: Uh, and, the, uh, the Apache from the beginning is just a wild man.
1: Right. Who, who needs to, you know, he doesn't care if they're not Apache, I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: It does. It does kind of focus in a lot on the negative stereotypes. Um, we don't know. I, too too much about the bounty hunter himself. But well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, like the nigh unstoppable voodoo killing machine. And it's uh with Baron Samedi painted yeah, his face. It, it, it
1: kind of reminded me. We've compared stories to Robert E. Howard before. Mm-hmm. Um and this one kind of compared reminded me a lot of Black Canaan. Right. Um, which I've talked about this with you. I thought was a horrible story. <laughs> um, right. And I'm not saying this is a horrible story uh, because Black Kanan is an extreme right. of the use of stereotypes to, to create characters. But I think that,
0: um, you know, in this day and age... Yeah, it's be- it's it has a, a great chase aspect to it. Um and and the final confrontation between the bounty hunter and Uncle Gunny Sack is really well
1: done. It was really cool. You just could have you know, it just could have been toned down a little, I think. Yeah. I, I, and, and and
0: not made
1: not had Uncle Gunny Sack be like this hulking witch doctor,
0: more or less. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> it's that's that's just me it it could have been it could have been handled a little bit differently in our opinion, but overall it still was a pretty good story
1: yeah it wasn't um, it wasn't unreadable right it was, yeah it wasn't I, like horrible it just kind of was it was just kind of shocking i guess that that
0: yeah you know again there. this is you know this is kind of that where you know that area where I grew up and you know You know, gree-gree is just something you kind of do. <laughs> right. You want to get and a new that job, that you get a gree-gree. You want you right. to catch a lady's eye, you get yourself a gree-gree.
1: Right. And, well, and the fact that, that I just had this discussion with a bunch of people about using the word fetish mm-hmm. ne- negatively. Right. You know, and how that particular word for used for gree-gree which is, I think, the original form of that word was, you know, something that Europeans did to, to uh, denigrate the religions of Africa. Right. And then, like, you know, two days later, I read a story where Gri Gri is being used as a focus of, you know,
0: mysterious voodoo
1: non-Christian powers of evil.
0: Right. right. And, that's, that's, and, that's, and that's probably it right there, is that the voodoo... Sl- E equals evil connotation is, is kind of what was the, one of the main things that just kind of yeah. rubs, rubs you the wrong way.
1: Right, because, you know, there were other characters in this story uh, that, well, like, not real, but NPC characters that were black, mm. that didn't like him, you know, or right. afraid of him. Mm. So it wasn't, I, I don't think there's anything malicious like in right. the portrayal. I think he was just trying to, like, create this villain that was evil and unfortunately he just happened to use voodoo as that like some- right,
0: right as opposed to as opposed to like you know some mythos cultist or something like that right you go you go to something that's a little real world but it, yeah it did lean a little too heavily on the stereotype of voodoo but still well done I really like the end
1: yeah so the end was cool
0: yeah the the final struggle was really good. Um you know, and it really this story could be a novel.
1: Yeah, you can definitely get something out
0: you of know, that a little you, bit it, more. I don't know I don't know how long you could keep up the tension of like he's just behind him. You know, and this this you know Evil person is is pretty much invincible.
1: Well, Jesus Christ! They Stephen King wrote the first Gunslinger novel, right? The Gunslinger about chasing a guy across the desert. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's what it was about—an invincible
0: about evil sorcerer chasing
1: an, chasing, an invincible evil sorcerer across the desert. That's what it was about. Always yep. one step behind. So yeah, you could definitely make a novel out of it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the final story, and I think this was the perfect ending story for this book. Yeah, The Buzzard. The Buzzard by Eric Redd. Um, I always want to say
1: Eric the Red.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Mr. The Red. Um Yeah, I, I found it kind of be like a cowboy version of The Raven.
1: Yeah, it was cool. It was like um, you get a guy who's been gut shot mm-hmm. wandering across the desert.
0: Right. Right. We kind of, we kind of open up, we opened the book with the story of a guy riding back to the homestead to find everyone dead. And we end with a story of a guy in his final hours. You right. know, he's, he's, he's gut shot. He's bleeding. He's infected. He's gotten no water. You know, this guy is fucked.
1: The only I thing mean, he has going for him is a horse.
0: Yeah, the only thing he has and a, going, and, a, and, and half a bottle of whiskey, a horse, a bottle, half a bottle of whiskey, and balls of steel. He doesn't have any
1: more bullets. He spent those while he was getting gut shot. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, and he's being like haunted, essentially
1: tormented. Haunted is a, haunted is a great word because yeah. throughout the course of this story you kind of like get lost as is he actually experiencing this mm-hmm. or
0: is he hallucinating this, it is uh, a
1: hallucination and there's like this really cool sequence where, where he's uh camping he's like at camp and he's got the fire and he's trying not to fall asleep but it's he's so tired and he's dying. So he finally he falls asleep only to wake up with the buzzard looming over him and he he has a, a stick and he starts whacking the buzzard the, buzzard flies away, and then he wakes up again in the morning and his horse is dead.
0: Right. I mean, he just savagely like, did, beats did, this fucking... Did
1: he buzzard. beat the horse? Thinking it was the buzzard? You just don't know. Right. So, I mean, it's... It's it's like, is this all in this guy's head, or is this like, what's happening? Because, you know, honestly, buzzards don't behave
0: this way. Right. Is this an actual buzzard? You know, and he's hallucinating the 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 menace of it, or is this an actual manifestation of the Grim Reaper?
1: Come right. and claim it. Right, and then at at the end, um, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to say that but it's kind of revealed um, what it is at the end of the
0: story.
1: Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't want to give it away because it's like a, it's a nice little
0: yeah. It's, it's yeah. A yeah it's a part. really it's a great ending. It's a great ending for overall a fantastic fucking anthology of stories. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let's let's see another one, Chaosium.
1: Well, I I, um, I ran to Cody Goodfellow at Necro, mm-hmm. um, and he want he told me he's trying to pitch a book. I don't know if this is. Just like somebody talking at Necro to some stupid ass fanboy. Uh, but he said he wanted to pitch a book to Chaosium of uh, Weird West stores.
0: Oh, there you go. So who knows? Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe they should get, uh, get Pulver to do one. Yeah. Fatally Colored Gestures was a fucking excellent story. Yeah. So who knows?
1: And, and I would think that right now with Down Tarker, well, can't talk. Down darker trails, um, coming out, having come out, that um, you know, Chaosium would be open to a companion book.
0: Yep, yep. Or or maybe even an expanded version of this one, either you know, Edge of Sundown 2 or <coughs> the book that Cody's proposing, or well, something to go along with the Weird West to kind of to kind of steer potential players and potential keepers. For Down Darker Trails in directions they can go. Right. And well, I, I know that if when you we, are a call of Cthulhu keeper and you're thinking about playing Down Darker Trails, get this book and read it.
1: Yeah, great,
0: great resource for
1: ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when they released um, Atomic Age Cthulhu. Right. Um they, there was a a book of short stories that was co-released with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when they just released Horror on the Orient, Orient Express, there was a book of stories that was co released with that. So it's not like, it's not unlike Chaosium to do this. Right. So we'll see. It'd be great. I mean, it'd be cool. I'd, I'd totally read another volume of these.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You may not like Westerns, but, uh, you like your weird Westerns, huh? I do like weird Westerns.
1: It's yeah. a nice, it's a nice, um, it's like eating ginger.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a palate cleanser. A palate it's cleanser. A change of pace. You know, there's you're not. I mean, you can get stories in the same time period set in New England and stuff like that. But that's that's still you know the early industrial age. It's not too far off from the 1920s. Yeah, you know, typical setting for these types of things. It's there's just something there's it's wilder. There's more you know, desolate and lonely places out west. It's more unknown. Uh, there's more unknown. It's a harsher existence. I mean, the West, particularly when you start adding weird, uh, weirdness to it, you know, makes you know something like the Painted Desert or or Yuma, Arizona, and all this this area out there, just makes it take on more of a hellscape.
1: Yeah. Well, what, one thing I did like about this anthology overall, aside from it being you know, the weird West was its focus on Western weirdness, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. So in, instead of having like um, somebody from back East writing about the West, like um, Curse of Yig. Right. For example, um, it felt more like they were incorporating a mythology of the West. mm mm-hmm. To use in this, and you know that's obviously a lot of the stuff is made up, but it had that feel of it, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, Cthulhu out west, right? Which kind of which kind of would have been a little bit disappointing, I think.
0: Right, it captures the right elements of the the Western romanticism.
1: Yeah, exactly. You
0: know, like yeah, you know, the gunslinger and the cowboy and the lone desperado. But, you know, that's kind of like. That's kind of like the you know the Ronin,
1: right, but even like like the the monsters they're facing you know it was like a you know a um supernatural bounty hunter and mm. um you know a thunderbird right and and you know a, a you know a skinwalker. You know, right um
0: it had a real nice and it had a nice flavor to the yeah. beast area
1: even like the 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 zhang you know was part of that because, you know, yes, San Francisco had a thriving Chinatown. And of course Mm -hmm. there would be, you know, they would, they would have Eastern monsters there because, you know, there's a huge population of Chinese. So yeah, they would Mm -hmm. bring that with them. So absolutely. I I really like that about this book that it wasn't, you know, end of the world, Cthulhu, blah, blah, blah. Right.
0: Yeah. So it worked out really well. Um, Yeah. So if you get a chance, check this out. Once again, if you are a keeper of Call of Cthulhu, uh, like Steve and I are, uh, and you have any desire or plans to to run down darker trails uh, as a setting, yeah, definitely pick this up. Uh, if you're a fan of westerns, pick this up. If you're a fan of horror and weird tales, pick this up. It's just a great all around book for people who are interested in various things. Yeah, and it's a it's a great mix of. Types of stories, mm-hmm.
1: and that's why the M stands for. Mm. And that's why it
0: stands for. Yeah, mm. sorry, sorry, Kevin Ross. I don't, I don't. You don't have a middle initial that I can uh, make fun of. And we've done a lot of Brian M. Salmon stuff on the show. It's true. So you know, we we kinda, I think we've kind of earned the right to pick a little bit at him. all right so that does it for this episode um i think uh what next week we're going to start looking finally after two years of planning this we're finally going to get into clark ashton smith the sexiest man in weird fiction little kaz yeah um probably doing uh three four stories by him over the next few weeks uh, taking us on into December, so uh, stay tuned for that. And until then, say good night, Gracie. Keep thirty luck points, and keep thirty luck points. Good night. Jim.